0: Today I'm going to begin a brand new series called Promises, Promises. Have you ever had someone promise you something and then fail to keep their promise? Do you know somebody who is long on promises but short on delivering those promises? Have you ever said to yourself after yet another hollow promise from them, yeah, promises, promises. Unfulfilled promises can be very deflating When I was about 10 years old or so, one of my good buddies promised me that he and his dad would pick me up early on the next Saturday morning and and they were going to take us all to an amusement park. We were going to ride the rides. We were going to eat hot dogs and cotton candy and ice cream. We were going to spend the entire day together just having a time of our life. I'll never forget that Saturday morning, very, very early, even before the sun came up, I, I literally jumped out of bed. I threw my clothes on. I, uh, I put on my baseball cap, and I went outside, and I sat on the curb in front of my house. And there I waited in, in anticipation of my friend and my entire, or, or the incredible time that we were going to have. One hour went by, and then two. Three hours went by, and then four. My brother said to me, your friend isn't coming. I said, yes, he is. He promised. He promised. But my friend never came. Promises, promises. Ever had someone break a promise? Of course you have. Perhaps they promised you a job, and yet they gave it to a family or or another friend instead. Perhaps someone promised to keep your secret. Oh, Oh, but they broke that promise. 50% of people who stand before God and their family and their friends and, and promise to love, honor, and cherish till death do us part, and yet they break their promise. Promises. Promises. Is there anyone who keeps their promise? Is there anyone we can count on to do what they have promised to do? The answer? Only one. Only one. God. God is the only one that we can totally count on. He, he is the only one who bats a thousand. In the next three weeks we're gonna, gonna remind ourselves of three of the seven thousand four hundred and eighty seven promises that God has made to man. Yeah, you, you heard me correctly. God has made 7,487 promises to man. If you don't believe me, go through the Bible and count them. Good luck with that. Aren't you glad I'm not sharing all of God's promises with you today? Oh, I love what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 4. It says, it says that God has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Well, the promise that I want to talk about today is the promise of protection. The promise of protection. Yes, God has promised To protect us. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 121 and verse number 5 from the New Living Translation, it says, The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protector. Don't you love that? Don't you love it? Oh, hear me this morning, hear me this morning. Friends, there's no reason to be anxious. There's no reason for us to be fearful. There's no reason for us to be overly stressed. Oh, because our God is watching over us. Our God is standing beside us. We have the promise of his protection. Well, I want to remind us today of five things about God's protection. Five things I want to talk to you about today about God's protection. First of all, I want to suggest this, and that is that is he's protecting us even when we can't see him. Yeah, even when we cannot see God, he is still there protecting us. In 2 Kings chapter 6, the story is recorded where God's people were surrounded by their enemy. A vast number of King Aram's army had invaded them, and the situation looked absolutely hopeless. If you'll read the story, you'll discover the prophet Elisha's servant crying out to Elisha and saying to him, What in the world are we going to do? Elisha responded, him saying, you find this in verses 16 and 17, Elisha says to his servant, he says, He says, Don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid, he says, because, he says, there are more on our side than on theirs. Elisha's servant looked around and and saw that that, that they were vastly outnumbered. And so he said to Elisha, he said, what you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? But verse 17 says, then Elisha prayed, good idea, Elisha. Elisha prayed. He prayed, "Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. It goes on to say, the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around them was filled with horses and filled with chariots of fire. God had placed a host of angels around them for their protection. Hebrews 13 and 2 tells us that we often encounter angels and we are not even aware of it. Hear me this morning. God is protecting us even when we can't see him. I love the story about the early American Indians. They had a unique practice of training their young braves. When a boy turned 13, after he had been mentored in hunting, mentored in fishing, and mentored in survival skills, on his 13th birthday, he would be taken deep into the woods, and he would be left there all alone to spend the night. It would be his very first night alone. And he had been blindfolded, so he had absolutely no idea as to where he was. Think about it. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine the anxiety? Can you imagine the fear that this young boy would have experienced? Every night sound would no doubt be amplified in his ears. Oh, perhaps he would be too terrified to sleep. Oh, oh, no doubt the night must have seemed like an eternity. When the sun finally came up, enough for the young brave to be able to see, what he saw was totally amazing. He saw his father. He saw his father armed with bow and arrow just a few feet away from him. He had been there all all along, all night long. He had been there watching over his son, protecting him from any danger. See, just because he couldn't see him, that didn't mean that he wasn't there. And so it is with God and with us, he's protecting us even when we can't see him. Here's what I know, and that is there's much more going on than what we see on the surface. Oh, I'd like to camp here for a while. I'd like to spend some time here, but I I don't have time for that. So we're going to move on with the second thing this morning second thing I want to suggest to you this morning is this, and that is is he's protecting us even when we don't sense it. God is protecting us even when we don't sense it. In in Mark chapter 4, the story is recorded where Jesus and his disciples are caught up in a storm as they're out on the water in a boat. The winds and the waves are tossing their boat around. Water has filled their boat, and the disciples are beginning to fear for their very, very lives. In verse 38, the disciples cry out to Jesus, and they say to Jesus, we're drowning. We're drowning, and they cry out, don't you even care? Have you ever felt like saying that to Jesus? Lord, I'm drowning. I'm literally drowning. Lord, I'm drowning. Don't you even care? Lord, where are you? Oh, I'm drowning. I'm drowning in debt, or I'm drowning in depression, or I'm drowning in these drastic circumstances. Oh, where are you, Lord? Don't you even care? But here's what I know, and that is he's protecting us even when we don't sense it. He's protecting our assets. He's protecting our dreams. He's protecting our future, even even when we don't sense it. Here's what we must constantly remind ourselves, and that is we walk by faith and not by feeling. Yeah, we walk by faith, not by feeling. Here's what I know, and that is feelings lie to us. Feelings confuse us. Feelings can lead us astray. Write this down. This is a good one. Write it down this morning. Write it down. When you don't feel it, faith it. (laughs) Yeah, when you don't feel it, faith it. Here's what I know, and that is feelings can drain you of faith. But faith can fuel your feelings. We're talking about the promise of protection today. Let me suggest something else. And that is, number three, he's protecting us even when our situation doesn't change. In Daniel chapter 3, stories told of three young, incredible men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three guys find themselves in a very, very dangerous situation. They must either compromise their allegiance and total faith in God by bowing down to a false god or or if they do not do this, then they're going to be executed by being thrown into a furnace of fire. In Daniel 3, we find them standing before none other than the king himself, King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar gives them a second chance, one more opportunity to bow before his golden image, one more opportunity to bow before his false god. And if they would do that, they would not be tossed into this furnace of fire. Yeah, if they bow down, oh, oh, they will live. But if they don't, they're going to be tossed into the fire, and they're going to be burned to a crisp. I love how these fellows answer the king. We find it in Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. I'm going to give you my paraphrase. Here's what they said to the king. They said, we don't even have to think about this, king." We we don't even have to think about this. We don't have to have a round table discussion. We don't have to take a vote. King, we don't even have to think about this. They went on to say, our God is able to deliver us from this furnace of fire. Yes, yes, you may have prepared a furnace of fire for us, but our God is able to deliver us from that furnace of fire. That's how great our God is. Not only did they say our God is able to deliver us from this furnace of fire, but they went on to say, and we believe that he will. We believe he will. And oh, oh, I love that next phrase also. But they said, but if not. Our God is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace. But if not. King, even if our God allows us to experience this fiery trial, let it be known, King. Write it down on the record, King. We wouldn't bow. We would not compromise. If you read the story, you'll, you'll see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were tossed into the fire. But, oh, if you'll read the entire story, you'll find that even though they were, they were in the fire, the fire had no effect on them. Think about it. Think about it. Oh, it wasn't that they didn't have to go through the fire. The thing about it is, is even though they were tossed in the fire, yet even in the fire, the fire had no effect on them. The fire couldn't burn them. Even though their situation didn't change, God was still protecting them. Here's what we can learn from this story, among other things, and that is he can protect us in the fire, not just from the fire. Did you hear me? God is able to protect us in the fire, not just from the fire. And hear me this morning, hear me. I believe God is protecting us today. I believe we have God's protection today. Even though God's people are facing the very same circumstances as the rest of the world. Even though you and I, the people of God, even though we are in the very same situation as everybody else. Oh, we've been thrown into the fire too. But the difference is we have God's protection. We have God's protection. And I believe that God can protect us from the effects of the fire. Just like he did for these three young Hebrew... Boys, oh, you read the story and you'll see the king Nebuchadnezzar goes and checks on them while they're in the fire. Oh, and and when he looks and he checks on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he says to those that are around him, he said, didn't we throw three men in? Wasn't there three boys? Yeah, there was Shadrach, there was Meshach, there was Abednego. He said, yes, there were three that we threw in the fire. But the king said, yes, yes, I remember that. There was only three, but I see four. There's four. There's not three in the fire. There is four in the fire. And the former, the fourth. Is as the Son of God. King Nebuchadnezzar was saying, I can see Jesus in the fire with them. Ah, I see Jesus in the fire with him. The, fo- the form of the fourth man is as of the Son of God. Oh, hear me this morning, saints. God allows us to go into the fire sometimes. But although God allows us to go into the fire sometimes, he never sends us into the fire alone. Jesus will always be with us in the fire. He's in there to protect us. And when we eventually come out of the fire, and we will, We won't even smell like smoke. The fire will have no effect on us. Well, let me suggest something else this morning. That is his promise of protection reduces stress. Proverbs 12 and 25 says, Worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. Here's what I know. Our focus will determine whether we are blessed or stressed. I'm going to say that again. Our focus will determine whether we are blessed or stressed. We can either choose to focus on the problem or the promise. I love the promise that Jesus gave in John 14 and verse 27. Jesus said, peace I give to you. But he said, it's a peace that the world cannot give. He says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Oh, yes, yes, it seems our world has gone crazy. And in the natural, we have every reason to be stressed. And if we focus on all of the problems, we will be stressed. So we must focus on the promise, not the problem. And even more than this, we should focus not just on the promise, but we should focus on the sir. The sir. See, the peace that Jesus promised comes, it comes not just from his promise, but from his presence. And God's promises provide peace? Absolutely, absolutely. But, but hear me this morning, you'll find even more peace in His presence. Peace comes from the promise, sir. Oh, I challenge you this morning get in His presence. Get in the presence of the Lord. Because only through spending time in His presence will we be able to focus on God's promises and not on our problems. Let's look at the last thing that I wanna share with you this morning, and that is this. His promise of protection is our security. His promise of protection is our security. Everything that seems so secure just a very few short weeks ago now seem so insecure. What was up is now down. What looked good now looks bad. Oh, oh, what we were relying on is now unreliable. Oh, we need to constantly remind ourselves that God is our source of security. God is our source of security. He's the only thing that's stable. He's the only thing that doesn't. Change Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6 says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Hebrews 13 and 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hear me, no matter what does or doesn't happen in this pandemic, God is in charge, not the president. God is in charge, not the governor. And I mean no disrespect at all. We have God's promise of protection. His promise of protection is our security. He is our source. Hear me this morning. We can be secure in insecure times if we understand who our source is. I want to close today by reading you a very beautiful psalm. And in this psalm is the promise of God's Protection. It's the 121st division of the psalm. And it goes like this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forever more. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that encouraging? Oh God is our Protector. The takeaway for the message today is this our faith in God's protection will fortify us in perplexing times. Father, I thank you today. God, that in your word you promise to be our protector. And whether we see it or whether we can sense it or not, Lord, you promise to never leave us. You promised to never forsake us. And God, I thank you today that you are my protector and you're protecting me and you're protecting my flock and you're protecting our people and I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful for your incredible protection. And God, I pray today, Lord, that we will be encouraged today with this word of this incredible Exceedingly great and precious promise. We bless your name. We love you today. Amen. Well, let me say this today as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I hope that you will do that this morning. I ask you today about your salvation. God's ultimate protection. Yeah, we have protection not only for this life, but for eternal life. Just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was protected in the the fires of that fiery furnace, Jesus has paid the price on the cross so that we can be protected from the fires of hell. The fires of hell will never have to burn us. The fires of hell will never have to experience them if we are saved. Because salvation is God's ultimate protection for his people. I'm going to ask you today, if you you have that protection today, do you have the protection that comes with salvation? If you don't have that protection, I'm going to ask you today, would you like to be protected? Would you like to have total assurance of your salvation, that you'll spend eternity with Jesus in heaven and not with the devil in the eternal fires of hell? Today, if you'd like to be saved, I want you to pray a prayer with me today. And in this prayer, you are placing your faith in God's grace for your salvation, which is the requirement for your salvation. So today, if you want to be saved, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Pray it from your heart, not just your lips. It's not the prayer that saves you, but prayer is the vehicle we use in order to put our faith in God's grace, and that does save us. Pray this prayer, dear God. I ask for ultimate, your ultimate protection by saving me today from the horrible fires of hell. Thank you for loving me enough to send your son Jesus to the cross to pay the price for my salvation. So today, I place my faith for my salvation In the finished work of the cross, the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you prayed that prayer with all sincerity, I believe the Lord heard you, I believe the Lord saved you. Welcome to the family of God. Maybe you're listening today and and you need to readjust your focus. You've been focusing on the problems. And because you've been focusing upon the problems, you are experiencing stress. I encourage you today to stop focusing on the problems and start focusing on the promises. And when you begin to focus on the promises, you will be blessed and not stressed. Lord, I just lift up those that may be stressed today. God, they're listening to the news. Lord, they're focusing on the wrong things today. And, and Lord, I'm not sticking my head in the sand. I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not uh, right humanly to be stressed. But Lord, Lord, if we understand, Lord, the promise of your protection, Lord, we don't have to experience the stress like others do. God, I pray that you'll lift stress today. God, I pray that you'll help us today to focus on the promises of God that will encourage us and bless us and relieve stress in our lives. We ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.